All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another week of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I'm Justin Martindale, and I just want to start this podcast episode off with uh, I told you so. I called the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 14 last week with my buddy Kevin Christie. We were right. Willow Pill for the win. Spoiler alert. I'm so excited uh, that Willow got to win. I was rooting for her. It was a great season overall, but Willow came out on top or bottom. I don't know. That's their preference. But I will say, has dropped the biggest bop of the summer so far, I Hate People, which is going to be played in every gay bar known to man for the rest of the summer. So congrats to Willow Pill. Very excited about that. I have today a very special guest with me. Um, she is my sister in comedy. Uh, she is kind of a sister in life to me. Um, she is one of the co-hosts of Rick Ingram Talks to Strangers, one of the Comedy Store Podcast Network here. Uh, she's been a writer for the Comedy Central Roasts, as well as uh, Lights Out with David Spade. And we're going to be filming our half-hour specials here on Sunday at the Comedy Store for the Netflix is a Joke Festival. My dear friend, Sarah Tiana. Hello, Justin. Oh, honey, it is so <laughs> good to see you. I was like, I think I talked to you last Friday and was like, come do the podcast. And you were like, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I listened to it. I should be able to hang. Yeah, you can hang. You can totally hang. You, you're not unfamiliar with this bunker we're in. I'm not so. unfamiliar with the bunker. Definitely unfamiliar with a lot of the pop culture stories mm-hmm. because, you know, I only listen to country music from the 90s and yeah. sports talk radio. Same. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, you are how I find out, you know, the about things that is Britney and the purgatory that is yeah. Madonna and, and, and the <laughs> hell that is meth heads killing uh, their boyfriends. So. Yeah. And you just heard about Willow Pill. And I just heard about Willow Pill. The darling so of... Drag race. all drag race co- uh, conversation. Oh, you're ready to go. So I'm excited because I brought you on because we have a lot to talk about. Um, I went over to your pool <laughs> this weekend and we were chatting amongst ourselves. And then I was like, okay, I got to get this episode great for you. So I woke up this morning um, and watched the Netflix documentary White Hot, the Abercrombie and Fitch story. Why is it called White Hot? Because it deals with like um It made white people hot. Well, it's time. just like it's it's very it Abercrombie and Fitch. Like what do you remember about Abercrombie and Fitch off the top of your head? They were expensive jeans when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have I could never afford anything from there. That's yeah. what I remember. That's what they go in on. They say it was very expensive. White hot is just when something is so hot that it eventually burns out. (laughs) But it's also like this store was for white people. (laughs) Yes. And we only hired these co-workers because they were hot. And they smelled like the perfume. Uh Fierce. (laughs) Or Woods. <laughs> yes. Now, see, I was watching this documentary and I was just like, oh, yeah, of course, this all makes sense. Because as a kid of the 90s and like going into the early 2000s, I was there. I remember like going to the mall, like going to the mall was the thing. And then like there was Abercrombie and Fitch where all the cool kids went. And I was like the Spencer's gift shop <laughs> kid. I was like, I want to go look at neon mushrooms in a black light <laughs> and go look at the naughty Christmas card collection. <laughs> So I remember like going into an Abercrombie and Fitch and seeing like moose heads and like 
flannel and antlers with mm-hmm. it looked like like a country music store it did it, <laughs> it looked did. It, it looked like a very fancy boot barn yeah it was especially in texas too like like all my friends would go hunting and mm-hmm. like we're into sports and stuff and like so going in there and you get like wafted with like abercrombie woods and then you're like looking around at like the pictures <laughs> of just naked mm-hmm. people just naked dudes topless girls pubes mm-hmm. and that was it and i'm like where are the clothes and i remember my mom hated to go in that store because it was loud like the music oh, the- was always cranked up mm-hmm. and so i'm watching this documentary and i'm like oh my god this is like my childhood and one of the many reasons that <laughs> my childhood was so fucked up <laughs> one just because it was like this is what cool kids wear. Like the guy, uh, his name was Mike Jeffries. He's the former CEO of Abercrombie and Fitch. He was like, what I got from the documentary was that he was a self-hating gay man. Okay. Because he never came out of the closet, but everyone was like, you're gay. <laughs> like he got like face procedures that made him like all botched uh. and like crazy. And then, you know, he would... he. he he was like one of those guys that was never cool enough in school. Mm-hmm. So when he got power, he became cool. Much like some comedians we yeah. know. <laughs> but are there some people that you're like, I'm kind of glad you stayed in the closet. Like, we don't really need you to represent us ever. I mean, are there ever people like that where you're like, or are you automatically like, you should live your truth even if it hurts the rest of it's us. It's not my job to tell someone <laughs> to live authentically. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel. Like, if you want to do it, yes, I support yeah. you. But, I I mean, there is a fine line of, like, are we just outing them at this point? Or is it just, like, you do you, boo. You go for it. Well, I definitely think some of his clothes should have stayed in there. But I... Yeah. But I don't... I also remember hanging out at the mall. And I think that that is something that maybe the younger generation doesn't quite understand. Exactly. Now that there's online shopping, like, going to the mall was where you texted. Like, that Mm -hmm. was, like, live texting. Like, Mm -hmm. that was the only way to really, like, hang out with people. And you get your Orange Julius or your Dairy Queen or get your cookie cake and you hang out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just like roamed around the mall. It was the babysitter. And that's what they were saying, too. They were like, this is a pre-social media. So it was like, you know, yes, there was all this like toxicity and like bad behavior going on in the company, but nobody could talk about it because there was no social media. Now everyone has a platform to say something and they go into the whole like graphic tees that were like offensive like two wongs make it white oh my god yeah do you remember that no, shirt I yeah i don't remember that it was like they went into like you know they were they were uh marketing these shirts that were like oh they're fun like camp shirts like going to summer camp and it was like offensive to like native americans and then this one was like a laundromat service it was like you know that 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 stereotypical Asian reference where, you know, with the hat and like the round oh face God. and it said two wongs make it white and it was a laundromat service. So the Asian American community, I think out by um, uh, UC Irvine, I think uh, they were like, they started like protesting Abercrombie and Fitch and being like, this is not okay. And they like pulled it, burned it for evidence, all this stuff. And then there was a... Um, a photographer uh, named Bruce Weber, who I remember uh, did a whole bunch of like Calvin Klein ads and stuff. So he he took a lot of like the classic Abercrombie and Fitch naked men on a horse. Oh, sure. um, uh, 
laying in a pile of people at Christmas. Or do you remember that? It was like just a bunch of like hot, <laughs> emaciated teens with no clothes on. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about how there were allegations against him and about like being a little handsy with some of the models. And he, of course, has denied all of it. Mm-hmm. He's just a photographer. So it was pretty good. It was a good um, nostalgic piece. It talks about like how it went from being the coolest thing to, you know, everyone on TRL back on, you know, MTV would wear it. And and then slowly in the early 2000s, it just became like, ooh, you're like racist and <laughs> your clothes are expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just interesting how now they at the end of it, they're rebranding. The guy has stepped down. They have a new woman in charge and she's like body positivity. Mm-hmm. We're rebranding it. We're turning the lights. Uh, uh, we're turning the lights up and the music down. So are they going to start selling clothes that are more than a size eight? No, no, it's still, you have, no, yeah, I think they are. I think they're actually like, their 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 inclusivity means, you know, yeah. they're, they're, all body types, all, all body types, all walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever your gender, your sexuality is, we see you, this is a place for you. But it's so interesting because at the end of the documentary, I was like, damn, that was shitty. Like, and then like, did that make you just want to buy more Abercrombie? No, stuff? I never did. I never did. I think never I never. My parents, my mom was like, "I'm not paying seventy eight dollars for jeans," and like, it, it, you know, I would go to. I'm trying to think. I was like Marshalls and mm-hmm. Target, and uh, I think if I did anything that was pricey, was probably like structure, mm-hmm. which became Express Men. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was pretty intense. Like I just remember all the rich kids who were predominantly white would just. Own the schools wearing their Abercrombie and Fitch, and then LFO had that song. Uh, oh, with I the... like girls that they're Abercrombie and Fitch, and they said that that's when the the CEO Mike Jeffries knew he had made it. And I'm like, from an LFO song? <laughs> oh, I know. That's and, your definition. That's and two a... of them died, so now it's just, oh. oh, I know. Oh, it's dear. sad. It's sad. So, anyways, if you haven't checked out White Hot on uh, Netflix, make sure to and like let me know what you think because I honestly was just kind of like. Holy shit, this was problematic. <laughs> Very. It, it was. But um, going into some stories, another uh, here's a guy who was never popular in high school. Um, Elon Musk, over the weekend, bought Twitter. Mm-hmm. How Just, do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I feel because I haven't seen anything happen yet. I mean, I feel like so many people on Twitter are just Nostradamus and they're like, this is what's going to happen and oh, I'm yes. leaving. And I'm like, well, how do you, like, he hasn't done anything yet. Like, uh, but I've seen the future, Sarah. Yeah, like, how do you, like, the only person in my mind who could probably tell the future would be Elon Musk. Yes. He's the one that develops technology for the future. Yeah. So if he brings an edit button, I'm on board. Yeah. And I do think that, like, Grimes, his ex-girlfriend, <laughs> is like one of those witches, like a cave witch sure. who just sits there and, like, you know, takes her eyes out and just focuses in on the future. Sure. I think she's definitely one of those. But he did buy it for a casual $44 billion, <laughs> mm-hmm. which kind of made me mad because I feel like he could have, like, solved so oh. many problems yes. <laughs> with $44 billion. Being the richest man, he could have, he could have like, donated that to, like, food banks or helped create homeless shelters or something. But he's like, you know what? It's Saturday. I'm going to buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he could still buy it like five more times. God. That's like how much he has. So he still has the money to help with food, you know, but it's also like, I feel like he uh, invented a great electric car, so which I don't own, but mm-hmm. I 
I'm like, I, I feel like he's doing a lot. Yeah. But I, I'm not like a Elon Musk apologist or anything. Like, I'm just going to see what it's like. And like, if it becomes MySpace or Facebook, you know, like, I'm probably going to bow out. But I'm not see, saying I'm, I'm going wondering. to now. Oh, yeah. Jamila like, Jamil, uh-huh. like, like mm-hmm. Elon Musk bought this and she's like, I'm done because she's she loves a trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jamila was like, I'm leaving Twitter. And everyone was like, okay. But so pretty much what's he wa- what he wants to do, he wants to loosen up the content rules in the name of free speech, mm-hmm. which just terrifies me <laughs> because I'm like, OK, well, how free is free speech? He wants to create an edit button so users can change their tweets. Mm-hmm. He wants to open up Twitter's algorithm to the public. He wants to launch a war on bot armies, scrap advertisements and uh, maybe reinstate Donald Trump. <laughs> what could go wrong? I mean, I think at this point, Donald Trump getting back on Twitter would be uh, horrifying, but also very entertaining at the same time. I feel like um, Twitter is now a tool for people to just get angry and like rage tweet things. Exactly. And um, we've kind of, uh, it's like... I don't know. I guess I would be very excited to um, see Twitter focus on something other than COVID. And masks. <laughs> yeah. So if they just like start focusing on him again, and then I'll just be over on the side doing all my baseball tweets and football tweets. Yeah. Like, I'm, I can mute tons of subjects. So yeah, and that's what's crazy too is that I didn't realize that he made the platform go private. Like he is like he got Who, rid of he? all of the shareholders, all oh, of the all of the mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, because I feel like I remember Twitter becoming a thing with Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore when they were together. I think he was like, oh, there's this new company called Twitter and we're going to like mm-hmm. be honest. So I was like, did he just buy them all off? I'm sure he did. I mean, I'm I'm sure. But again, I was trying to tell um, uh, Evan, uh, my boyfriend, I was trying to tell him about Twitter because he's more into ad sales. So I read him that getting uh-huh. rid of advertisements. And he was like, no. <laughs> no, like, that's what I, he's upset about. I remember Twitter being like, especially as comics, mm-hmm. we can share our show dates. We can, uh, I remember at midnight on mm-hmm. Comedy Central was the big one where it was yeah. like, it was very Hashtag. interactive and fun and like retweets and tweets. And, you know, um, uh, Chris um, Hardwick Hardwick would, would, you know, retweet some of the comics and we'd get on and play the game and it became fun. And then like, I want to say like in 2015, 2016 mm-hmm. is when it started becoming like just, I mean, I could post like I'm having a great Monday morning <laughs> and someone could be like, kill yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> you beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. I mean, it became, and then you'd have someone hiding behind this little gray eggshell, mm-hmm. you know, and it just wasn't fun anymore. Mm-mm. So, I mean, I I feel like I'm on the same boat as you where it's like, let this rich man <laughs> buy Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's not hurting anybody yet. Mm-mm. But when the machines do take over, <laughs> I, I just Which hope, he will invent. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm just it's it's big. I just thought it was kind of crazy how we had this like I had like a Daily Mail like update of being like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. Elon Musk bought Twitter. And I'm like, OK, I'm I going w- to the beach. <laughs> yeah, bye. Bye. I, yeah, I think um, I think part of me was just like, well, I'm not going to overreact until he actually buys it. Yeah. And then there's no other point of action until he actually does something or things start happening that we all don't like. But mm-hmm. until that happens, like, 
you're in charge of your content. You're mm-hmm. in charge of your tweets. And if people are awful to you, you can just block them or mute them. It's I don't the think easiest it's thing the in the world. Absolute easiest thing to do. I call Ugh. people out all the time. Like they'll DM me something awful, yeah. and I'll be like, Bye. "Stop hiding in my DMs, you fucking pussy!" Yeah. Like come and write that to my face on Twitter, and then I'll show everybody what you're saying. Yeah. Don't come into my DMs and talk to me like that. It's so weird. I mean, I, I've said this on numerous podcasts where people are like, "Oh, you know, you get these celebrities who are like, oh my god." I'm getting bullied and I'm like, girl, just block. Yeah. Mute. Bye. It's so easy. So easy. But I mean, I guess people love playing the victim card, you know, and being like, oh, look what's happening to me. This is terrible. I think I think that makes people feel like Mm -hmm. they are doing something. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, being offended is being construed as an emotion. And in my opinion, it's a reaction. I'm like, you're not really offended. You're worried someone's going to think you're not. Yeah. So you're out here saying, I'm offended, just so nobody thinks somehow you're complicit in this crime. And it's like, you could also just say nothing. Yeah. You don't have to make a comment about every... Well, everything's so baited now. Tragedy, yeah. Like, I want to bait you because I know know what's going to get at you. I know this is going to get under your skin Mm -hmm. and I'm waiting for you to... Like, say something so I can screenshot that and then expose you for the, you know, for for responding to the garbage that I said to you. And you're like, just turn off your phones. Mm-hmm. My God. But speaking of turning off your phones and the smartest man in the world, we're going to go to one of the dumbest people in the oh, world with their that. phone. This this came out of Quilcene, Washington, a a beautiful place. A woman who accidentally dropped her cell phone into the hole of an outhouse in a national forest and fell in while trying to retrieve it had to be rescued by firefighters in Washington State. <laughs> I can't believe this happened in Washington State, to be honest. Like that sounds like a story that would have happened where? In Georgia or Florida. I'm going to cancel you immediately <laughs> for just assuming that this would happen oh. into your home state of Georgia. <laughs> but yes. I, Outhouses. I yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess camping, but like if I lost my phone, like you part, of you, part of you is like, what should I do? And then you have to stop. Like your immediate reaction should not be diving in headfirst into a porta potty. Yes. So she said uh, that she uh, disassembled the toilet seat and used dog leashes. Okay, I'm going to say... Leashes? So she had more than one dog. She has more than one dog (laughs) to try and get the phone that eventually used the leashes to tie herself off. Okay, first of all, never spelunk in a porta potty. (laughs) 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 Yes, that's a dark cave you can't get out of. That's like the descent... Three, like, remember the descent? Did you ever see that where those women go spelunking in a cave and those Appalachian, like, translucent people see them and like kill everyone? Mm -hmm. Don't, yeah, we don't need to like Goonies for that phone. Don't go down in that. Don't go chasing porta potties. Yeah, see, even when I'm on a porta potty, it becomes open waters for me, where I'm just like anything could come up from underneath here and grab me. Like I'm not. I'm terrified of sitting. Yes, the the a porta potty. Is the same equivalent as um, open water, <laughs> which is that movie, which I we were calling it deep water, but it's open water, I believe, where like the the ocean abyss and a porta potty, a the same color. Mm-hmm. It's that weird blue. Just, mm-hmm. And as someone who went to a Ren Fair not too long ago, <laughs> I I not only is like oh everything's back because COVID's like over whatever, but I was like oh now that everything's back. <gasps> Porta potties. I forgot about them, mm. and so I went into this porta potty, 
and you, you chose just, the wrong one. You go in and you're just like, mm-hmm. go with God. That's what I say every time I go in because there's just. They're nice and cool. That's the start, right? They're nice and cool. Mm-hmm. They're not hot at all. They've not just been baking in the sun mm-hmm. with feces. And and uh, do you oh. look in? I do. Sometimes. I know. I have to, have to because I'm like, I, I have to look and make sure that there's. Nothing in there that's alive. Yeah, I don't want like a, a like an eye opening <laughs> up and like staring right back at me, and you're like, "Oh God, kill it!" But no, I, on the way over to your place, actually, I was behind one of those like luxury porta potty wagon. Yes, and I was like, "Okay," mm-hmm. but if I was behind a porta potty, I'd be like, "We're changing lanes." <laughs> like, <laughs> not even gonna drive behind yeah. one. We only have time for hot toilets, <laughs> the Abercrombie and Fitch way. <laughs> How hot is your toilet? Okay, this way. It's white hot. So she goes, it's white hot, brown hot. Um, So she went in head first into this toilet, and they were like, well, how did the leashes work? She goes, they didn't work very well. Mm. And then she went. The woman was alone, oh my God, for 10 to 15 minutes, reunited with her phone, she called 911. So she went into the porta potty. Success. Do you remember the movie Schindler's List where the little kid was hiding in the toilet? That's why I feel like like she's just in there, just like looking up, just covered in dog shit. Where are her dogs? <laughs> Running around without their leashes. They're not apparently. helping her get rescued. God. So then she had people come in with a harness. They pulled her out of the vault. <laughs> The vault, and she was uninjured. She was washed down. I hope immediately, <laughs> silkwood style. Yeah, full on <laughs> with with you have with to steel wool. <laughs> Strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed to human waste, but she only wanted to leave. She says, "I've been doing this for forty years, and that was a first. I'm taking my phone and what? my pink eye, and I'm out of here." That's what she said. Oh, I've oh, been no doing way. this for forty years. What dropping your phone in porta potties? <laughs> Or camping, maybe? Camping? Oh, maybe or that's what it was. Spelunking. Godly <laughs> spelunking. Spelunking. I've been spelunking in porta potties <laughs> for 40 years, and this was a first. And they're like, ma'am, you probably need to go to the doctor. Hey, I'll do what I want with my body. <laughs> my body, my choice. I don't believe doctors <laughs> or research. I'm doing my own research on what to do after I fall into a porta john. Oh. Lovely. I mean, well, I mean, maybe she... I, maybe <laughs> I hope she, she didn't go back. I hope there was nobody sleeping with her in the tent that night. Oh, yeah. What if she didn't even, like, go home? She was just like, well, I fell in. All right, move over, George. Like, <laughs> Did gross. wonders for my hair. Yeah. Is she... What's her phone provider? AT&T? t <laughs> Or, uh, yes, uh, I don't know what else. Porta potty mobile, <laughs> porta potty yes. mobile, TT mobile. <laughs> Sick. All right. Well, here's another one of our favorite. Uh, I'm going, I'm, uh, or, or, I'm having a problem with the pop divas of yesterday. Oh, I know. I've been mentioning Madonna mm-hmm. lately on her TikTok, I've mentioned Britney, obviously. Um, Mariah Carey can still wear a dress in a hot tub and no one does anything because, I mean, that's Mariah Carey. But I feel like now we're going into this like whole new genre of like, look how weird our pop princesses are now. Mm-hmm. And so this one kind of caught my attention because Jessica Simpson. Oh, dear. Who is right there up with Elon Musk as the most intelligent person <laughs> of all time. Neck and neck. Remember, she thought buffaloes had wings. Mm-hmm. Chicken uh, in the sea. Chicken of the sea. Chickens yeah. don't live in the sea. Yeah, she was like, what? What? The whole time? 
She is a Dallas, Texas magnolia flower. <laughs> um, she appears to slur her words in a new Instagram video. So Jessica Simpson clearly doesn't make music anymore. But it's funny because John and I were talking before you got here that they clearly just froze this image of yeah. her to make her <laughs> look nice. like messed up. So she went on. Um, she stopped making music. She created her own like fashion line, which is worth billions. Yeah, now. I'm saying she doesn't make music, but she makes money. She makes money. She doesn't have time for bicep music. <laughs> she has no no need for mm-hmm. it whatsoever. So she put up on her Instagram stories, plugging the nasal spray, plugging <laughs> the nasal spray Flonase, which also promoted the product with a photo on her page. Users flooded the comments section of the photo saying her eyes were all over the place as they expressed concerns about her slurred speech. Now, <laughs> this is just a little clip of it. She says, Flonase. <laughs> Well, it's, you just gotta like put it in your nose. It helps allergies. I my kids use baby Flonase, uh, <laughs> and then people went after her again, like what we're talking about on Twitter. Flonase, please hire a professional. <laughs> that was embarrassing to watch. It was brutal to watch. I miss the old Jessica. A third wrote, she slurs her words and she's reading cue cards. Oh my god, something's up with her. It's so odd. First of all, you don't miss the old Jessica. <laughs> you don't. And second of all, if she's using Flonase, she has a cold, so she's not in peak condition. Right. If she really is using it for health purposes and not just to get high. God. (laughs) Well, as someone who did read her autobiography. (laughs) How were those two pages? They... It was a really quick read, yeah. but it was it was interesting because she did battle with alcoholism, and she says that like when she met Nick Lachey, she was drunk. But I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like if you if we've all met Nick Lachey drunk, <laughs> yeah, because he's Nick Lachey, obviously. I'm not seeing him at church. Yeah, I'm seeing him out. Well, and you know, she went from being this like Christian girl to. Um, a sex pot, like they kind of like turned her into. I've said multiple times that the the sex kitten of the '90s, early 2000s, it went Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, then Mandy Moore. Fifth, Willa Ford. She tried. Sorry, Willa. Yeah, but her first song is "I Want to Love You Forever," and TikTok created this trend where you know these adults now they were kids back in the day, but now they're listening to the lyrics of the songs and they're like, "Oh, oh. my God, that was the song." So I Want to Love You Forever was, um, uh, I want to get down on my knees. I want to cherish every drop here on my knees. I want to love you forever. And this is all I'm asking of you. So it pretty much sounds like she wants to get down on her knees mm-hmm. and give this guy a blowjob. But it could be Jesus because we love sexualizing religion and weird fetishes and circles, i.e. Madonna, like a prayer, that kind of shit. You know what? She's 41 years old. Let Jessica slur her speech. Yeah. I mean, if I had three kids yeah. and I was married to like an ex-football player and just yeah. cashing billion dollar checks, I mean, you can't tell me what I'm going to do. Thank you. Because when she was in her 20s, she said, the real me is a Southern girl with a Levi's on and an open heart. Now it's <laughs> the real me is 41 with daytime wine. <laughs> Hell yeah. And maybe that was a shard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if she's not spelunking in a porta john, I think she's doing fine. I 
I have always loved her. I always thought she had one of the most incredible voices and mm-hmm. it just like completely went to waste because she was so sexualized. She became Daisy Duke. You know what I mean? Like she just got like all of a sudden this like banging body uh-huh. for the Duke to hazard and everyone was like, holy shit. Well, she was anorexic. Oh. She had, she, yeah. <laughs> because the. Yeah. I thought she was just living on chicken in the sea. Well, that's probably what it was. They were like, oh, she loves chicken on the sea. Just give her cans of tuna. (laughs) No, but like she like went through like body issues of like, they were like, oh, you're not sexy enough. We're trying to make you like Britney and stuff because she was the Mouseketeer that didn't make it as a Mouseketeer. She tried out and Britney beat her. Yes, I always remember that story. And just it's like, I think it's it's a shame that like immediately these these young girls were being brought out and then all of a sudden they're supposed to be competitive with one another. Mm-hmm. I feel like it happens with women comics all the time where it's sure. like all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you think about Amy Schumer? And I'm like, she's a very funny person. Like you can still buy a ticket to see her and a ticket to see me. There's no rule that says you have to pick one. But Amy Schumer is the face of mayonnaise. So <laughs> I think you need to like maybe reach out to like Grey Poupon. Sure. Or uh, No, I would be the ranch spokesman. Oh yes. I let's campaign that now. <laughs> yes. Oh, if hidden anybody valley, is good. If you're listening. Yes, now that I have had a baby, I have lots of hidden valleys. <laughs> so I would just say I would be a great spokesman for the new ketchup, which is ranch. And um, it's definitely part of the five food groups in the South. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm at not all. either. Uh-uh. I, I will go to a restaurant and get fries and ask for a side of ranch. Yeah. Because the real me is a southern <laughs> girl. <laughs> but yeah. here's somebody who needs to stay hidden. Rudy Giuliani. Oh, oh, this is, I mean, do you watch The Masked Singer? Me? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes? <laughs> uh, me? Me? I'm like looking around like there's someone else in here. Yeah. No, I do not. I... I I only watch it on Twitter. Okay. See how this show yes. just goes full circle? Sure. I'll just show the clips. Uh, I'll just look at the clips because Mass Singer will be trending. It'll be like, oh, the ice cream cone is, <laughs> you know, Sarah Palin or whatever. And you're like, oh, God, is this where we're at? Right. So, it's. It, I mean, this show, it's been on for like hell long enough. And um, they're just running out of people. And they <laughs> have been in hot water because they've had people actually like um, – Oh, yeah, they had the other White House press secretary, right? Sean, uh, um, who? What was his name? Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. He was on, well, he was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, as, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. So they're, 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 yes. I get my celebrity extracurriculars mixed up sometimes. Yes, yes. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders will probably be on next season of... Uh, well, well, no, it's her if she's only singing a song about Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah, if she's on, it'll probably like something with that, that weird eye that goes that way. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> This went kind of viral because she's a squid. Just she's like, a, yeah, it's just a one-eyed squid. I'd be like, oh, that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She didn't even have to take the head off. I know who that is. Um, just based on fashion choices. Yeah, just just oh, Lord. Just this <laughs> Arkansas uh, javelina. She's just a razorback. Yeah just, yeah, just oh, who's the warthog? Oh, that's Sarah Sarah Huckabee. So. Mass Singer falls to a season low. So apparently, you know, my sister watches the show with her kids because it's, you know, kind of fun. Kids love it. And I totally understand. And the costumes are fun. It's a guessing game. It's a guessing game. It's a guessing game. Such winners include Leanne Rimes. I think Nick Lachey might have won it one season. You know, they try to get it to to guess 
how far along we can go. I'm trying to remember who. I always love the bad guesses where they're like, Beyonce, and you're like, Oh, Beyonce did not show up. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Beyonce is not going to do. Yeah, I think Lady Gaga is. If you and... ask Beyonce to cover her face ever, yeah. you are wrong. But it's also <laughs> crazy, too, because you'll get people like Shaka Khan and like Gladys Knight, and they're like, send them home. <laughs> you're like, oh my, oh my God. How dare you? They just send these like actual. You show teams. some fucking respect to the dancing werewolf. <laughs> Oh, it's so crazy. So, after months of criticism and anticipation, Mass Singer episode featuring the unmasking of Rudy Giuliani finally aired on Wednesday. Now, we knew this happened because even before this season started, it got out that yes. I think Robin Thicke and and Ken Jung, the judges, walked off the set because of like, oh, we're you know outraged. So, um. <laughs> He gets on the show and... Uh, it's the most applause he's ever gotten. It's the... Uh, right, exactly. Since 9-11. Oh, my God. I think, yeah, on a scale from 1 to 10, he did a 9-11. I think that was... No, I mean, he was the he was the mayor. Oh, right. He was America's mayor. That's right. Well, now he's sunk to a new level. He didn't do 9-11. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think he was part of it. Uh, he's been part of way worse ever since. Says the conspiracy theorist on Twitter being like, Justin Martindale said that Rudy Giuliani did 9-11. No, he didn't do 9-11, but he did bomb on The Masked Singer. Yes, he did. Now, he was the jack-in-the-box. Oh. And, yeah, and he unmasks himself to reveal that he's, hey, it's me, Rudy it's Two Giuliani. monster tacos underneath. God, I, that's what I want. I want to see the hair melting. Uh-huh. Remember that, like, just for mm-hmm. men that just was melting all over? But Ken Jong is like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. He walks off the stage, which I thought was very, like, notable because I'm like, why are we giving these guys platforms? <laughs> why? Because we talk about them. Right. So, yes, I think it's kind of a, a lame because it's like you had Jenny McCarthy and Nicole Scherzinger were up there, like, yes, work, Rudy. <laughs> Yeah, and he was singing "Bad to the Bone," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which it's just kind of like, yeah, was this bad? Out of all the songs, mm-hmm. that's your. <laughs> I'm bad to the bone. What would you? I'm like, what would be better about him singing? Something? Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> yeah. He's in the b- Jack in the Box. Why not? Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. Yeah, go. Get out of here. Beat it. <laughs> yes, and reinstate the president. Yeah, that's... Uh... So he left, They and uh, I guess they're they're getting a lot of heat for it because it's like we've had, we've had these, like, you know, controversial politicians, mm-hmm. these, uh, they like to stir the pot up and everything. But again, it's, it's a show. It's a TV show. They want yeah. you to talk about it's a it. business, and it's, I mean, if you see what their their rating was a 1.0 before, which mm-hmm. is like crazy that we celebrate that, because that's a million viewers, mm-hmm. and it went down to a 0.6, so it's like, yes, that is a, in, in that respect, they did lose a yeah. lot of viewers, but like. <sighs> Let me just say this, it's no Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner crushed TikTok by Kesha. Remember? Uh, Did you see Caitlyn no. Jenner up there? It was like, <laughs> me? <laughs> Don't stop, make it hot. DJ, pull the speakers up. Oh, 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 the most uncomfortable performance. Doing a lot of this. She was on TikTok and she did that? No, she was on The Masked Singer oh, singing TikTok, <laughs> which is a song by Kesha. I know, see? 
TikTok is also a platform on social media okay. now. I know. It's so much. I'm an old lady. It's so much. But coming in white hot. <laughs> well, I know that like uh what all all I can say is like my experience with Caitlyn Jenner, we had her on the Alec Baldwin Rose uh-huh. and she could not have been kinder and more fun and everyone was so worried about pitching jokes to her uh-huh. about uh being trans uh-huh. or like having a drive vagina like all kinds of stuff and she was like yes more harder and we oh were like oh, oh okay she's into it yeah she had, likes she came, it hard and rough she came like she came <laughs> she came willing like she was just like ready like yeah, ready to, told me yeah, yeah come on sarah is that the best you got <laughs> yes oh. she came ready to kill kind of like if she was in a car. So she was very ready <laughs> and she was very kind to me. That's all I know. But I can't, I, I know that um, she does not always use her platform for the right reasons. So I totally understand the hate with her. Yeah. But I can only judge her based on my interaction with her. And, and she was a delight. She was a, a, a treasure. <laughs> this just, Malibu treasure. Beautiful size 13 flip flops <laughs> coming in, you know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. She's very tall. Yeah, she's a big she's girl. She's very tall. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I'm always fascinated by the bookings on The Masked Singer. And I feel like some of them should keep their masks on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see some of them. You know, it's like, oh, I think they had like Donnie and Marie. Now they're doing like two in one. Two people in one yeah, it's costume? Like two celebs, one costume. It's a new like search on YouTube. Yeah, they had like Donnie and Marie in like one. They had like Hanson. They were all crammed into like a Russian doll. I was like, they didn't ask for this. No, mm, they had, Bob. Mm, Bob, no, mm. flop. <laughs> but I, I'm glad you thought Caitlyn Jenner was a saint because here in I Pennsylvania, I didn't think she was a saint. Do not put those words in my mouth. Cancel on just saying. Just before Halloween in 1985, a pipe bomb exploded in an office building in downtown Salt Lake City, killing a man and leaving the entire city on edge. As the smoke cleared and investigators began the search for answers, it became terrifyingly clear that this was just the beginning. Suddenly, looking for the culprit became a race against time. Hi, I'm Jeremy Schwartz, host of the new true crime history podcast, American Criminal. We take you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side to the American dream. In our latest season, the desperate hunt for a killer leads the authorities through the complicated world of historic document collectors and eventually right to the door of the Mormon church. Listen to American Criminal, The Salt Lake City Bombings, wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com. Maybe, maybe Caitlin uh, is is looking to do some after-school work here in Pennsylvania, because in Pennsylvania, the thought of an after-school Satan club is up for vote. Um, I don't know about... Uh, your extracurricular activities. Mine were theater. I was also a cheerleader at one also point. Also considered a Satan club by most people. Theater, yes. <laughs> oh, it's liberal. It's liberal. Oh. Um, this, I thought, was kind of interesting. This, There's a northern elementary school in York, Pennsylvania. It's considering the introduction of an after-school Satan club. 
Uh, <laughs> the club, which was proposed and pushed by a parent, just one, uh, was initially rejected by the principal. However, the club is now up for a probationary vote at the school board. Uh, it's an after-school program. What is you know what is the Satan Club? You ask. It's an after-school program that promotes self-directed education by supporting the intellectual and creative interests of students. The Satanic Temple states on its website. Um, and here we have a cute little. <laughs> it's me, after-school Satan. <laughs> Hi, kids. Want to worship the Dark Lord? Yeah. <laughs> well, walk those cloven feet on over, kids, and sit Indian style. <sighs> um, so <laughs> this, uh, um, it's a nationwide campaign to push back against the Christian Good News clubs offered to school children after regular hour classes. So. Um, I guess there was a Satan club that started in Illinois and now they're trying to do it in, in Pennsylvania. Um, now this is what I thought was interesting. The, the extracurricular activities at this Satan club, they are considered uh, well-rounded. I think you're going to get science and crafts projects, you know, which I think are, you know, make a pentagram out of popsicles, <laughs> puzzles, games. Um, what would Lucifer do in these situations? Mm -hmm. And you're going to learn about benevolence and empathy, critical thinking, problem solving and creative expression, too. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> this is uh, the person in this article. Is, is that Tucker Carlson? <laughs> Yes, it's like, his take on the satanic table. Well, it's funny because I'm guessing he doesn't like it. I'm sure he doesn't because he didn't think of it himself. Now, <laughs> yeah. the head of the satanic temple spokesperson, which I thought, what in the Hogwarts hell? His name is Lucian Greaves. <laughs> of course it is. Yes. He says, I'm hoping that with our presence, people can see that good people can have different perspectives, sometimes on the same mythology, but not mean any harm. Satan gets a bad rap. He really does. <laughs> that's he what just... they're that's what that Lucian is trying to say. Lucian grieves. Listen, just because he damns people for all eternity and makes them push a rock uphill the entire time doesn't mean he's totally bad. Yeah, I mean just because he like <laughs> tempted Eve in the garden and was like eat the apple mm -hmm. lady and she's like, "Oh hey, just because he tried to overthrow heaven by being hotter than God, that's what it was. I think Satan created Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> because if you look at some of those guys back in the 90s, they were like chiseled and blonde and, you know, mm -hmm. and I think they what isn't Satan supposed to be pretty hot? Yeah, he was a fallen angel. Yeah. He was an angel who disagreed and was cast down. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, cast down to go work at an Abercrombie and yes. Fitch for the rest of eternity. That's purgatory. Yeah. Yeah, that's purgatory. <laughs> yes. And Hell it's fragranced with Woods Cologne. <laughs> uh, I, I just feel like if you're going to have a Christian club, mm -hmm. like you should be able to have the opposite. That's of what that. they're saying. And I yes. completely agree. And if this is a way to get the Christian clubs out, yeah. I'm all for yeah. voting for the Satan club just so kids have uh can make their own decisions. I think, I mean, because I feel like there was, see, in high school we had Young Life. Did y'all have Young Life? Mm -mm. It was like, it was like Young Life. We had like, um, there was, I think there was, we had like Bible study and stuff. So I feel like, you know. In elementary school? Not in elementary school, high school. Oh, see, we had a daycare center in my high school. Oh. So oh. we needed a lot more Christian clubs. Yeah. Probably. Well, actually, probably because of the, of the, uh, 
the Baptist Student Union. That's probably why there were so many wow. kids in the daycare. But yeah, I mean, I just, I listen, I think this is really bad for an elementary school. I'm but all I, about it. I want Satan babies. I think that's, <laughs> I think it's time that we, ha I think A, we'll be reintroducing a whole new generation to Latin. <laughs> um, Speaking in tongue. Yeah, you yes, know, it's holding like... I mean, Christian, like, there are churches that hold snakes, so it's like... Exactly. I've been to one of those. It's really weird. They're very weird. Very strange. I mean, my parents never, uh, and I was very much in the minority in Georgia, but, like, they refused to tell me what religion they were because they wanted me to make a decision for myself. They're like, you're smart enough, like, you can figure it out for yourself. And, like, I went to church when I, I was like, okay, I want to go to church. And, and they're like, okay, we'll drive you. And they drive me and drop me off mm -hmm. and come back three hours later. They didn't even go in to see if it was open. Been, but like luckily that one was but <laughs> I got kicked out of church like two three times two different different churches because I just had so many questions I had never heard any of these stories you were a woman <laughs> who was mouthy and yeah. asked too many questions <laughs> as a child yes so I think if the Satan club is open to questions mm -hmm. and you know I think that can strike a delicate balance in the minds of of children I think you know, elementary may be a little too young, but probably not too early. I think the best thing that you can ever teach your kids is to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're doing that in both, you know, after school programs. And ask questions. Ask I questions. Like I mean, here's uh, going into this next story, because this blew my mind, because I feel like as a kid, you, you ask, what happened to the dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. um, is, oh, dinosaurs didn't exist. Well, Don't you know they, that? Oh, my God. You know what I love? That's like, the Christian those club. Southern, those Southern illustrations where they show like people like with, with, the with, bucket, with buckets of fruit and stuff <laughs> with the dinosaurs. The and brontosaurus. You're like, you're like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they were just friends. They just couldn't fit on the ark. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> but there was still a plesiosaurus in the ocean that could have swallowed the ark. <laughs> That's what it was me. I knew my dinosaurs. And here's one of my favorite dinosaurs. Speaking of a plesiosaur, I was told last week that sea monsters were not real. What? Sea monsters, like the Loch Ness Monster, was a plesiosaur that, you know, this mythology of like a Bigfoot, right? There's mm -hmm. some hairy thing living out in the like woods. Like Loch Ness. Loch Ness monster. There was a there was an old dinosaur that survived the the comet crashing and it's just lived in the loch for centuries. Like you always hear stories like, <laughs> oh beware of the loch. There's a creature out in the loch. Be careful. Don't get in the water. You know, and people have been trying to find the Loch Ness oh, monster with sonar, mm -hmm. all this stuff. This guy this molecular ecology professor has said that sea monster sightings and sailors lore has all been crap because he says <laughs> okay i'm listening they are nothing more than whale penises oh <laughs> the whole time <laughs> the whole time there was they're just the only whales sea monster? it's a cockness monster <laughs> that's what pisses me off the whole time I've been like, oh, the Loch Ness monster, how cool! So you know that iconic picture of like the, the it's like a black and white picture, <laughs> and it's like this, right? Do we have the picture on the? Is it in this article? Just so people are listening, know Justin's holding his <laughs> hand up, uh, like a dino, like a little a dino curve, puppet, like a like an upside down question mark. Yeah, just like me. Mm -hmm. This is the picture you've seen that. Yes, picture. of course. So now this molecular ecology professor has explained that many sightings of the so-called sea monsters in sailors' lore were most likely sightings of whale penises. 
here is a 1934 <laughs> photo that was believed to capture the Loch Ness Monster, and everyone's saying it was a hoax. I mean, for years, it's Ugh. like, oh, it's a hoax. Now... Now we know why it's so salty. Now we know why <laughs> the lock is so salty. But also, ugh, but just like if that's true, like knowing that people have been swimming and diving and just like looking, that's why I like I do not like the ocean. I'm like I'm not swimming around in filth. But this is this is next level. It makes me sad. <laughs> Because I love the mythology of it. And it's like, so here he goes on to say that whales often mate in groups. So while one male is busy with the female, the other male just pops his dick out of the water while swimming around waiting his turn. Now here's... He's the Louis C.K. of whales. the Louis C.K. of whales. He literally is in this lock. He flips over. (laughs) So, and some dude, imagine being the fisherman that day who's like, "Oh, oh, look. (laughs) <laughs> Something out in the lock. And he took this picture like, there's a creature out there. And it's like, no, it's just some whale exposing himself. <laughs> like, time's up, whale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Nessie turned out to be messy. <laughs> so that's the whole the whole thing is like these whales just popping their dongs out. And this guy took a picture of it. So now I'm like, what's real anymore? But this is just one man's opinion. I think I'm on board with this. You I don't think it's true. I think it's true. Just one article and you're like, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of years of people looking for a sea I monster. I want to believe. Do you know how hard it was to take that picture of, Lo- of Loch Ness in yes, the 30s? Yes, I know how hard it was. I saw the picture. <laughs> the whale showed me how hard it was. Not just everybody had a camera in the 1930s. That's true. I know. I mean, I want to believe. I want to believe that there's like some happy face like like long-necked plesiosaur with little flippers in the front and and in the back just swimming around being like, I'm the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) But now I'm like, if there's only one and it's been like years and years and years and years and decades and, you know, Mm -hmm. this thing's not mating or... showing its face. Yeah. So is it just a whale? I need to see if there's been whales in the Loch Ness. Maybe there has. I just stopped reading this article because I was like, this broke my heart. Because what next? Is is Bigfoot just like early Khloe Kardashian <laughs> in the 2000s? Yes. Before I mean, a wax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, BBLs. <laughs> Wait. Have you seen? I don't know what a BBL it's is. It's Brazilian butt lift. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Okay. Ding, um, ding. But... Now that, you know, I feel like Nessie's been debunked. Um, and <laughs> you have nothing to live for. I have nothing to live Next for. Next up, Mass Singer. <laughs> so all I have is that Amanda Bynes is in the news. Amanda no. Amanda Bynes, that's that's Amanda, just being Amanda. Oh. She was she got out of her conservatorship. We talked about it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. They were I like, heard. It lasted for five minutes. <laughs> like Britney's went on for months, maybe years, and Amanda was like, can I get out of mine? They're like, eh, get get out of here, sure, you. Sure. She is now um, making music. She and her fiance. Well, that's a first, right? Yeah, they <laughs> dropped. They yeah, that is. It's just a trap. Okay. Just, it's just a trap. I. This is something that none of us asked for. Give me a Willow Pill song over Amanda Bynes and her fiance Michael. Um, they dropped their first song called Diamonds um, on iTunes, and I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. Okay. Because I really think she focused a lot during this conservatorship. Diamonds, diamonds on my neck, on my wrist. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds on my fish, all wet. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, that sounds uncomfortable. It sounds like she wrote for Countess Luann. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> for her for her Real Housewives uh, single. On my neck, on my wrist, diamonds, 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 on my fish, all wet. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, I don't know if on my fish is supposed to be like code for vajazzle, but mm-hmm. knowing Amanda, she's probably still thinking that that's a thing. Like right. that women are vajazzling. Right. Because that had a hot minute, but. But it was really just Jennifer Love Hewitt that one time. Right. It was (laughs) Jennifer Love Hewitt that one time. Well, I mean, listen. What? Who am I to say what you to do with your art? (laughs) Mm -hmm. If that's the song that you want to write, put it out and see if it gets any traction. Um, But it just sounds like it would get some chafing. And I, I just wouldn't. There's no way she also has diamonds. No, they're cubic zirconia for <laughs> yeah. sure. They're they're yeah, they're mm, just drag queen uh, yes. rummage sales. The yes. only person who has diamonds is Jennifer Lopez. She has well, way too and many. And Rihanna with her yeah. hit song yeah. Diamonds. <laughs> so there is that. But I want to. She the second song was released last week, and I actually had a listener send it in to me, and I listened to like a good two seconds of it. So her new song is called Fairfax. And here's some of the lyrics to that song. Oh, that the, <laughs> the, the that was not the, the oh. no the 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 okay. audible moan was mm. not in it, but it should okay. be. Fairfax flea market shopping flexing with Fendi, popping bands Balenciaga, bitch, I got plenty. Yeah, mm. I mean, if this is your if you go art, to the Fairfax flea market and you can find Fendi and Balenciaga, then you are doing. Very well. <laughs> I think you can. I think like the Supreme Store is on Fairfax. No, but not at the flea market. You'd She's be talking surprised. about the Fairfax flea market. I mean, I... that's where you find old ashtrays and like dresses that your grandma died in. That's true. It's very true. <laughs> if I mean, I'm sure there are Fendi and Balenciaga bags from like back in the day, thirty years ago. Yeah. There, but um, not there. Not at the not the Melrose Trading Company. <laughs> But there are it is good people watching there. I have I, I have enjoyed going to the Melrose yeah. Flea Market. And I think it's time that they got the representation that they deserve <laughs> with an Amanda Bynes track. That is the repu- that is the reg- recognition that they deserve mm-hmm. is an I mean, Amanda Bynes song. If if <laughs> <laughs> that is all they deserve. If you have not shopped on Sundays at the Melrose uh, uh flea market, Amanda Bynes is doing the Lord's work. She <laughs> she is a lucky charm that the Melrose Trading Company uh, did not know they needed. <laughs> and maybe that lucky charm is the the face heart on her, uh, the tattoo of the heart on her face. Oh, that is a tattoo on her mm-hmm. face? Oh, that's not a sticker? No. <laughs> oh, no. no. Which is a new Netflix show, Is It a Sticker? <laughs> Um, if you loved Is It Cake, you're going to really love Is It a Sticker, <gasps> okay. which I think we're just getting to the point now of just a show called Is It People? <laughs> like in 10 years from now, it's going to be like, is this a cyborg or a robot or a real person? Or a whale penis. <laughs> a, is this a whale penis? God, I'm still devastated. Whale penis or not? <sighs> Hot or not, it's yeah. going to be our own new thing. Speaking of whale penises, <laughs> Leah Michelle, uh... We all know Leah Michelle as Broadway's darling. I think uh, she, gay people do not like Leah Michelle. I found this out um, doing my research as an undercover gay. I, I don't think anybody who's ever worked with Leah Michelle likes Leah Michelle. She has a bad reputation, yeah. doesn't she? She's kind of a what, bitch? 
Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the direct way of saying it. <laughs> Ryan Murphy, in Ryan Murphy's words, mm-hmm. she went on. You know, she's very entitled. She's a hard. You know, a lot of the Glee cast members have said she was like a diva, a nightmare. Yeah, she's yeah. a diva. So this is interesting. We did bring up uh, the whale uh, as Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of. I want to call this Leah C.K. <laughs> because. This story broke that she showed Jonathan Groff, who is a Broadway singer. He's been in Hamilton. He's been in some Ryan Murphy films. Uh, She showed Jonathan Groff her whole vagina for educational purposes. Now, um, Mm. yeah, if we go down for a little bit. this How long did that take? (laughs) It's a lot, right? I mean, whole? The whole vagina? So she says... The former onstage couple apparently got very intimate for their work on Broadway's Spring Awakening in 2006, long before they connected on Glee. Um, They had to hook up every night on stage, uh, I guess, in the show. So 15 years later, (laughs) HBO is celebrating the iconic show's anniversary with a new documentary, Spring Awakening, Those You've Known. Well, (laughs) I mean, if you want to get to know someone, expose yourself to them. Michelle and Groff were discovering themselves in the original production, their bodies and their, uh, what is that? Burgeoning? Burgeoning? I've never heard that word. That means like uh, up and coming, like a... Soon to happen. Oh, well, that's why I've never heard it. Uh, Their sexuality as the ill-fated 19th century teen lovers. So they were, they had intimacy. It carried over into their personal lives where Groff was still living as a closeted gay man before coming out in 2009. Tale as old as time. So they were given the material where they had to fall in love. But first thing he felt was they're going to show they're going to know I'm gay. So he said, fuck, I've never had sex with a girl. I'm in the closet. So he says this in the documentary, Jonathan and I became so close. We were so intertwined. Leah Michelle says at the start of the production, which included partial nudity for both of them during an intimate sex scene. And that was just the first act. So things got so comfortable between the two of them and remains that way to this day, uh, <laughs> that they're still friends that she literally show, showed him her whole vagina. She said, I confirmed that. Uh, Jonathan was like, I've never seen a woman's vagina before. Would you show me? And she said, yes, because that's how close we are. And it was a next level of trust. Mm. I mean, I mean, if he asked to see it, (laughs) I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to like, like play this out in my mind, Mm -hmm. like how that goes. It's a spring awakening. That's for sure. Yeah. But how weird do you think like he looked at Leah Michelle's vagina and went, yep, I'm gay. Yeah, for sure. Like full on Ellen DeGeneres people cover. (laughs) (laughs) Leah Michelle's vagina made me gay. Yeah. Well, that should be the name of his book. Yeah. I would read that. I mean. (laughs) (sighs) Yep, I'm gay. The Leah Michelle vagina story. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised this is the first time that that's happened to her, but I, I just, <clears throat> I don't, I, I'm not really sure. I, I don't think I would ever, I would ever do that. Yeah, um, like if I looked at you and with was a like, scene Sarah, partner. <laughs> hi. I've never seen. You've never seen what? If you're going to say I've never seen a vagina. I've seen a vagina, but what if I, what if you didn't know that? What if I was like, oh, we've been friends. Come on. Let me see it. No. <laughs> right. That's the reaction you would get. I feel like you have your phone. 
It's everywhere. Had, I know, but this was like back in, well, Just yeah. Go on was, OnlyFans or whatever that site's called. Or... Things were different in 2006, I guess, <laughs> when, when Spring and Awakening came out. But obviously... It was only the iPhone 4. It still had Wi-Fi. But also, like, keep it, like, keep it professional. I guess, I mean, I don't know. They were kids. Asking Leah Michelle to keep things professional <laughs> is asking a lot. <laughs> Didn't she, like, shit in someone's wig or something like that? Oh, I don't, I don't pull, know. But... Pull, pulled an Amber Heard. That was shit in the bed. God. <sighs> but going into my favorite subject, uh, musicals. Leah <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, we're going from Spring Awakening, the Tony Awards today. Uh, the Tony Awards are not until June of this year because the Tony Awards and Gay Pride fall into the same month. Because, okay. sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> they have introduced a new no violence policy. <laughs> Oh, they had to, huh? Ahead of the 2022 show. The award show's producers revealed the new procedure, which clarifies how they'd handle an individual, quote, in the event of an incident, in a letter to ticket buyers on Wednesday. Uh, so they said, um, this is all a in uh, result of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. I mean, listen, if I... Without having seen anything, if mm -hmm. you told me one a man slapped another man in an award show, I would have been like, "Was it the Tonys?" Oh, <laughs> fair. No, see, <laughs> I mean, what other award show would you assume? The BET Awards. <laughs> Slapping? Oh, they like full on fight. There's like yeah, that's what I'm saying. A fight. Oh. I would assume a fight, but like but a slap. A ma one man slapping another man. I would yeah. be like, that was the Tonys. It was Jonathan Groff and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 who else? Uh, Lynn Manuel ben, Miranda. Uh, ben Plath. Okay. Waving through a window. <laughs> I know, but see, so they introduced this policy in the facts that uh, 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 they are they're they're looking. I mean, they're ready. They're waiting for it. They said the Tony Awards has a strict no violence policy. In the event of an incident, the perpetrator will be removed from the event immediately now i want someone to do that i want i'm talking patty lapone <laughs> full donkey punch to like bernadette peters mm. like i want like that's what i want just like like <laughs> someone singing oklahoma not bernadette and just right in the back of the head but i guess they have to do this now they're like we're not going to tolerate I'll give you a Surrey with fringe on top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to show you an intermission, bitch. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's what I want. So they're just saying this now that we are not tolerating this. But now I'm like, holy shit, I would tune into the Tonys, like, every year if, like, if, if like, Elphaba and fucking <laughs> Glinda were, like, I'm going to pop your bubble, bitch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's uh no, it's a yeah, the Lion King cast just starts just fighting wow. the circle of strife. That's what it is. So I guess we have to do this now because Will Smith ruined the fun yeah. for everybody. Now they have to release statements and saying we we say no violence. We say no violence at our award shows. We're, we welcome everybody. We welcome winners and losers. Um, but again, I'm just kind of like, I kind of want to see that. That's exactly. If I saw two men slapped each other on a stage, I'd be like, oh, the Tonys are lit. This <laughs> I should have tuned into the Tonys. I should have tuned into the Tonys. Now we're going to end with uh, another Hollywood uh, uh, Broadway darling, Liza Minnelli. Mm. 
We talked about her over, like, when the Oscars happened. Sure. Uh, Cabaret is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, and Liza Minnelli was brought out with Lady Gaga in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and Lady Gaga, like, looked at her and said, I got you. Right. Held her hand and was like, I got you, my my little darling. Welcome. Bienvenue. Welcome. Now we're saying that Long uh, that Liza Minnelli was sabotaged. What? Yeah, yeah. You thought the Tony slap was <laughs> what? You, yeah, this is a full bitch slap to me. That Liza Minnelli was sabotaged at the 2022 Oscars ceremony. A longtime collaborator claims Michael Feinstein, a five-time Grammy nominee, alleged that the cabaret star was forced to appear in a wheelchair against her wishes. <sighs> Lady Gaga, if you don't know the story, Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli brought the chaotic 2022 Oscars to a close last month when they appeared together to present the award for Best Picture to CODA, Children mm-hmm. of Deaf Adults. Mm-hmm. Not long after the March 27th ceremony was thrown, uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, obviously, uh, and Liza Minnelli came out to a standing ovation. But this collaborator and friend of hers now says that the cabaret star was very disappointed by the experience. She was sabotaged, he said, uh, on Sirius XM's The Jess Cagle Show. Here's what he says. That's a terrible word to use, but she only agreed to appear on the Oscars if she would be in a director's chair because she's been having back trouble. I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to see me limping out there, she said. You know, I want to look good. I don't want people to worry about me. That's what she said. And then at the last minute, the uh, producers of the Oscars put her in this like wheelchair. They said that the plans for the setup changed at the last minute, uh, in part because organizers had been shaken up by Will Smith's <laughs> earlier actions. <laughs> so <laughs> they said that the stage manager informed Manelli she'd be seated in a wheelchair instead of a director's chair just minutes before she was due to appear on stage. She was nervous and it made her look like she was out of it. Can you imagine being suddenly forced to be seen by millions of people the way you don't want to be seen? Well, that's what happened to Will Smith. Uh, so they can't get Liza to confirm this, but that's what they're saying, uh, that she was sabotaged to make it look like she was, you know, a little more weak. frail than if, she. Yeah. Right. But also, that's not a good excuse. They were like, oh, we're all shaken up by this slap that happened. Quick, we're Roll ditching, her out. The, ditching the director chair. Throw her, throw her in a wheelchair. There's no way Will Smith will slap her if she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Anything's possible today in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, I can believe that the Oscars were just like really hectic backstage and they were just like, we don't know where the director's chair is. Just take her out Mm -hmm. the way she is, you know, like if it was going to I mean, this is me giving the Oscars a lot of credit, even though they don't need any. But (laughs) I mean, if if if, you know, if Liza wants to do. I mean, whatever Liza wants to do, let her do that. Like, if she wants to be in a director's chair, you yeah. move mountains and you just put on an extra commercial yeah. and you make sure that she's seated, seating and sitting in whatever she wants, the way she wants to be. No, but that's what I'm kind of wondering. Like, you, you see these, like, handlers yeah. that have, like, um, you know, once you get to a certain age. Like, I guarantee if, if Cher... Yeah. If someone went up to Cher and they were like, hey, we're going to put you in this wheelchair, Cher would be like, I'm walking, bitch. <laughs> like, she's not... She doesn't need that. I'm, I'm kind no, of No, Cher would get in a wheelchair and then stand up and be like, do you believe? 
and that's that I can it, walk. I was just kidding. And that's when every guy in that audience would look at the other gay next to them <laughs> and just slap them just yeah. because they saw Cher do mm-hmm. that. That's See? when Will Smith comes out, and that's when Jada really gets mad. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. Yes. God. Could you imagine? Yes. The alternate universe. <laughs> Where everybody can be themselves. <laughs> yeah. But also it's like, so that's, you're... that's the gag. Cher comes out in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Stands up no matter how hard mm-hmm. I try. Mm-hmm. Every gay is like... They're like, how did she change costumes from going to the chair to standing? I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what Liza should have done. Like, life is a cabaret, old chum. Yeah. And then Lady Gaga joins in. They kick the chair. She still got it. No, (laughs) she was sabotaged. So you're saying that Liza's in a conservatorship and she's being controlled. Yeah, and when she gets out of that conservatorship, Mm -hmm. she can write such hits as Diamonds and Fairfax. (laughs) Boom. Can't wait. That's what. No, she can write a song called Nessie's Dong. (laughs) I'll listen to it. I would, too. (laughs) I would, too. Uh, I mean, if we've learned anything... I, I mean, this was... A, <laughs> we haven't learned anything, but go ahead. <laughs> we've learned that Abercrombie and Fitch is terrible. Mm-hmm. We've learned that everything else is as well. And I'm so glad you were here to chat with me. Um, I do want to say that yes. between Abercrombie and uh, Nessie, like mm-hmm. the best way to sell something is to show nudity. Yeah. If you want to sh- sell clothes, don't show any clothes on the models. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to I mean, sell... The theory of like a dangerous monster under the water. Don't go in there. Show its genitalia. <laughs> Show its genitalia. That'll keep me out of the water. That'll keep me out of the water. Well, you've heard those stories about like dolphins like humping people, right? Oh, raping people <laughs> or raping each other. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. That's why. That's one of the reasons. Not maybe not. <laughs> Stay out of the lock. I say. <laughs> Be warned, be warned, Nessie's out there, and it's horny as hell. <laughs> it's probably the only way to keep drunk Scottish people out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, there's a, a monster in there that'll, there's a monster in there that'll rape you if you get too drunk and fall in the water. Like, All right, well, the shore it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stay on the shore, laddie. Don't let it touch your haggis. Uh, Sarah. Everyone, make sure to follow Sarah Tiana on her social media platforms at Sarah Tiana, S-A-R-A-H-T-I-A-N-A. Follow her on socials, including Twitter. (laughs) For now. And uh, let's see. You and I will be uh, taping our things on Sunday. So I got to like work on that for the rest of the day. But as always, thank you again for liking and subscribing to Just Saying. I hope this brought you joy this week. And as always, uh, send me those topics you want me to talk about. I always have a blast hearing from you guys. So thank you again. And I'm Justin Martindale. And we'll see you next time. Just Saying. Bye.